Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Wasn't that a good, good period of worship and testimony? That's fantastic. So we are into week four of uh, our series, last, last one this week. Um, just a quick, quick recap so we know where we've been. We started out with, um, with, with Neil. Neil gave us a brilliant overview of, of the, the kind of key points within the Bible about the supernatural, didn't he? He talked about the enemy, talked about God and the angelic and the demonic realms and in the nature of God and, and, uh, and a whole lot of other stuff. It was really, really good stuff. And, and then, and then um, we, that was followed up by Dick and he was talking about handling the supernatural in our personal lives. So overcoming unbelief, um, putting time aside, uh, to be with God, avoiding distractions. And we've already heard about that this morning, haven't we? Um, and, and one thing that particularly landed with me, Dick, was that, that, that image of the railway track, of having that love for God and the love for his word and how that keeps us on track. I thought that was brilliant. Last week, Sim talked about our connectedness to God uh, in, in, and, and being supernatural in the church. And particularly talked, for me, the bit that landed was that being the hose and, and not the bucket. That's a fantastic image. Really, really good. So this week, it's me, and I've got the subject of naturally supernatural in the world, which is basically everything, isn't it? <laughs> so that's, that's basically our whole lives. Um, so not a small subject. I'm going to cut straight to the chase this morning. I'm going to tell you what I think the key message that I want you to go home away with today. Um, I, want to, I want to somehow communicate to, to you this morning that you are a, a supernatural being, that you are a spirit that God has made you supernatural. There's nothing you can do to change that. That's the message I want you to go away with. And that there is an enemy, and that the enemy, one of the things he does is he tries to help, he tries to deceive us into thinking that we're just rational, logical beings, and we're not. We're spiritual beings. So we have an enemy that wants to deceive us and limit our life experience to natural things, but God wants us to experience the supernatural things. Amen? And, and for us to step out and experience those supernatural things, we need a couple of just, just two or three simple things. Faith, compassion, and obedience. So that's it. I can stop now. Okay? Everyone happy with that? Good. Why don't we just pray? Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you that it brings life. It brings healing to our bones. It brings revelation of you. And Father, this morning I pray in Jesus' name that you help me to speak your words in the way that you want to communicate so that we can hear what you're saying to us this morning and that we will be naturally supernatural in everything that we do. Amen. Okay, so we are, um, if we can have the first slide please, Aaron. So I want to start with some, what might look like bad news, I guess, but it's true that in in the world... Although it's ripe for harvest, it is actually, spiritually speaking, a hostile environment to us. Okay, does that make sense to you? So the truth is that we have an enemy. Okay, he is organized. He is intelligent. Um, He he has an army of demons that work with him. Um, And he will, if he can, he will destroy our lives. You'll destroy the lives of people out there in the world. That's the environment that we work in. Now, that's, that sounds pretty melodramatic, doesn't it? But it's true. We have an enemy. He knows a lot about us, and he tries to deceive us. 
And if he can, he will deceive us. But I've got some good news. If we click on, greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Amen? Yes. He, will, he can only do that by deception. Because actually, the victory is in Jesus. Amen? And that's what I want us to take away today. The Bible says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. He has no authority over you. Amen? Yes. 1 John 3 verse 8 says this, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil in your life, in the lives of those people that we meet. So anyone that I meet in my life is subject to that, I believe. If God's done it in my life, he can extend that to anyone that I meet. And that's the kind of faith I believe we need to have. He, he, he was manifest to destroy the works of the devil, to undo. That means to undo the works of the devil. Somebody that isn't, isn't born again, that hasn't yet met God, is spiritually unregenerated. That means their human spirit is not, has this, still has the nature of sin in it. Jesus was manifest to take that nature of sin out of our hearts and give us God's holiness and God's righteousness. Amen? That's what, that's what God has done through Jesus. So, I just want to say this, this morning that one of the key things for us to move supernaturally in our lives is to know the truth. Once we know the truth, it sets us free. But if we don't know the truth, it limits our ability to walk supernaturally, to hear God, to, to uh, confront lies, to bring life, to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring love, and to bring uh, the life of God into, into these situations. Truth does that. The enemy brings a lie to deceive us to limit that. Is that, is that clear? Uh, it sounds simple, but in reality, life's complicated, and I, I understand that. I, just, I, I think we just need to understand that, that the, I think the Bible's quite clear, and I learned this from a guy called Derek Prince. Um, the enemy is two objectives, basically. The first objective, at all costs, stop you becoming a Christian. That's the first objective. The second objective, if that fails, do everything possible to limit your effectiveness. That's it. That's what he's trying to do. And he does that in two ways. He does that by... Tempting you to sin, and he does that by deceiving you with wrong knowledge. That's it. But we, but we know something else, don't we? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So, um, if we can just um, we'll flick on to the next slide, I think. Lots of information on here, and I'm sorry if you can't quite read it. I'll read out the key points. I'm not going to spend too long on this, but I just wanted to just reiterate some of the things that Neil said. That the, that the enemy is a person, the devil is a person, a single spirit, a single person. There are not many Satans, there's just one Satan, but there are many demons that, that work with him. Okay. Some of the things that we know about the enemy is that he is, some of these things we can read on the left, they describe the kind of activities that he does. Okay. So he, he is an accuser of the brethren. He, he is our adversary, if you like. He corrupts minds. He's a liar, a murderer, an oppressor, and so on. We can read that stuff there. That's what, that's what the enemy is like, okay? And I just point out that I think sometimes in history we can actually see the activities of Satan himself that aren't just demonic, but are actually inspired by him directly. You know, when Herod was about killing the babies, do you think that, I think that was just Satan 
inspiring him to do that. When we look at historical things like Hitler and the Second World War, I think, I think that was just Satan inspiring that whole thing. Um, it's just, that's just a personal view. So just a little bit more on, on, on the demonic. Uh, again, I don't want to major on this today. Um, but what is, a, what is a demon? Anyone got an, can offer me a definition of what a demon is? Because we use these terms and actually there can be quite a lot of confusion about it. What do we think a demonic spirit is? Sorry? A fallen angel? Yeah. Any, anything else? If we look at the word um, in the original language, it has this meaning of to, to know something. So in other words, it's a being that has knowledge. So just a, a knowing being. That's one of the ways I think about it. And it's the wrong kind of knowledge. But it's, it's a being with knowledge. It's an evil spirit, a wicked spirit, if you like, a fallen angel and, uh, and subservient to Satan. And we wage war with them. A couple of um, things that Neil said, just to reiterate. These are not the spirits of dead people. Okay, and the, this is not the offspring of angels and men, just to clear that up, okay? I'm not going to say any more about, about, about demons, but we have some information about them on the right-hand side there. The key thing I want to pick up on this morning is that they can communicate to our minds. All right, so ne next bit. If we just flick on to the next slide. Again, lots of information. I'm going to pick up on two or three bits here. This is the way... If we're going to be supernatural in the world, we need to understand how the enemy is operating in the world as well. Okay? And these are some of the areas where he brings deception and oppression and, and, and so on and so forth. The bit that I want to comment on particularly is the enemy works in people. All right? So the, people are not our enemy, but the, but the demonic spirits that influence people are. Is that, is that clear? So... The first way that we see the enemy working in people is in the bodies of people. So some sicknesses and some illnesses are actually demonically inspired. All right? Um, what does it say about Jesus? I love this. It says that he went around and he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Okay? So, so he, uh, healing is, is, is exactly that, addressing what the enemy is doing in the lives of people. And the other thing that the enemy does is he works in the minds of people. And there are false religions, there are cults and sects and, and uh, religious errors, obsessions, religious obsessions. And basically, the one thing that they all have in common, just to cut to the chase, they all deny in some way the divinity of Jesus or they undermine the blood atonement of Jesus on the cross. That's the one common feature of all of these cults and sects. Then we've got the occult, which I don't want to get into this morning, but there, are, there is meditations and chanting, objects, whether that's objects on the body or in the home. Um, there's all sorts of other stuff that we can talk about in homes. But, and the other thing I want to mention is in the, in the political world, we see the enemy operating in the political world, inspiring ideologies, inspiring particular policies, which is why God says, pray for our leaders. The Bible says we should pray for those in authority, that they hear the right voice. Amen? And don't underestimate the power of prayer. You know, we, we can influence global politics, I believe. We can influence the movement of armies. We can influence the movement of resource in the world through prayer. I've seen it happen. We don't have to sit back and say, oh, isn't it terrible what's going on in Syria? What, isn't it terrible what's going on in Afghanistan? We can influence it. 
The, the, our governments spend billions of pounds on these things. We, this community of people here, can, can do so much good by prayer. It's not, it's not, oh, isn't it terrible what the devil's doing? It's look what God can do. Amen? Amen. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. God has a victory. It says in, um, it says in, in Colossians 1 verse 18, He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Amen? In all things... Jesus has the preeminence now because of what he's done on the cross. Now, I want to move on to something a bit more practical. If we can flick onto the next slide, please. Some of you, if you've been here long enough, will have heard me speak on this before. Okay, but I wanted to recover it this morning because it's just been something that's, that's been a revelation in my life. Let me read, read um, James, James 3, verse 14. Um, it says this, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts or your minds... Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So if we we go back to that that last slide, I just want to highlight that I believe that there are different sources of wisdom that come into our brains. Last time I spoke on this, I, I, I... I had a hat and a silly aerial on the top. So if you can imagine, I couldn't do it. I tried, but I, um, I couldn't get the coat hanger to stick to my hat. But um, if you imagine I had a, had a coat hanger on my head, um, that's a bit like how our brains work. Um, I'll come on to it in a minute and explain it in a bit more detail. Romans 8 verse 5 says this, Those who live according to the flesh, or the body, set their minds on the things of the body. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What are we setting our minds on, I guess, is the challenge. For us to walk supernaturally, we have to think supernaturally. For us to do supernatural stuff, we have to think supernaturally and be connected to what God's saying. Your mind is like a receiver, and it receives information every day, constantly, 24 hours a day. You're receiving information in your head. And it's coming from one of these sources. It's either coming from God, or it's coming from your body, or it's coming from reason, or it's coming from the enemy. So let's, let's start and look at the source of reason. Um, there's nothing wrong with reason. We need reason, don't we? We need logic. Um, you know, it's cold. Let's put on a jumper. We need logic. Um, we need reason. Um, the problem is, sometimes reason contradicts what the Bible says. Anyone noticed that before? So reason says, I can only do what I've, got, what I've got in my hands to be able to do. The Bible says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? So reason says, I can only earn a certain amount of money because I didn't get a degree or I, w- I went to a particular college. The Bible says, I will supply all your need according to my riches and glory. Amen? God teaches me to profit and leads me in the way that I should go. So reason's okay as long as it doesn't violate the word of God. You know, sometimes it makes sense to be mad at people because they've done us wrong. It's reasonable to be upset with people because they've done us wrong. But what does the Bible say? Forgive, love. Forgive and love. 
And so we have to live in a different, with different information. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. If we can flick on to the next slide, please. Just read this, this scripture. It is a, a long passage of scripture, but I'll just read it out because I think it's important. It says, I has not seen... So where's the eye located? In the body, right? Ear has not heard, nor has entered into the mind of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. So in other words... God doesn't communicate primarily through our eyes, through our ears, and through our mind. But let's read the next bit. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For, what, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man which is in him? So what, bit, what, what, what part of you understands you? Your Spirit. Exactly. So God doesn't communicate primarily with our eyes and ears, although he does sometimes, but primarily he speaks from his Holy Spirit to our spirit, and then that goes into our mind. And that's the way that we work as people. And I'll, I'll leave the rest of the scripture there. That was the key thing I wanted to pull out. A second source of information is the flesh, information from our body. Okay? Um, this is information from our physical life. I'm cold, I'm hot, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Um, 1 John 2 verse 16 describes the world in this way. If we're going to be spiritual in the world, this is how the 1 John 2 16 describes it. All that is in the world is the lust of the, of the, the, lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So that's one, one definition of the world. All that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So how do we combat that? You know, if we listen to the voice of our flesh, it's just whatever feels good, do it. Whatever feels right, just do it. Who's ever heard that before? Who's ever seen that on Facebook? Whatever feels good, just do it. Life's short, just do it. Do, do whatever your body wants to do. I'll, I'll move on. The third source. The source of the enemy, the source of Satan. Um, let's read this one scripture, um, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we live on, in, in, in a physical body, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That, that word carnal just means fleshly, bodily. But mighty in God for putting down strongholds, casting down arguments. There's the enemy working with reason and working with arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the enemy brings confusion, he brings arguments, he brings thoughts, and it's that knowledge that we're, that we're battling with. But this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And let's move on to the last source. The last source is that wisdom that comes from God. What does that look like? How do we know what God's wisdom looks like? There are a couple of really straightforward ways that we can test whether the wisdom's from God or the enemy. And we use the Bible as a yardstick to do that. Um, James 3 verse 17 says, The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle. So is the information that we're getting, is it gentle? Is it peaceable? Is it willing to yield? Is it full of mercy? Is it full of good fruits? Um, and the other, the other scripture that I think is really I don't seem to have it written down, is Philippians 4, verse 8. Who knows that, that scripture? Whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are noble, whatever things are of a good report, 
Um, if there was any virtue, um, if it's praiseworthy, think on those things. So if we're wanting to match up what God's saying and the rest of the stuff that's in our brain, we probably find that 90% of our thought life is just not from God. Imagine what we would do with our lives if we got rid of some of that stuff and replaced it with God's voice. It'd be powerful, wouldn't it? So, let's move on to the next slide. I think we need to stand up and move around a bit, and, and um, I know I'm giving you a lot of information this morning. So why don't we all stand up, just get the blood moving, um, and I want to do something a little bit silly. Is that all right? Something a little bit silly. Um, why don't we all just turn around and just, that's it, get the blood moving. See this pic- Can you, everyone see this picture of, of a really cool TV? Can you? Yeah? Okay. When I grew up, this was the kind of TV we had in our house. I think we all did, actually. And you can probably just about see, can, it, can you just about see there on the, there are some buttons. The TV we had in my house had dedicated buttons that actually said on there, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV. And the early 80s, we then got Channel 4. We got four channels. It's amazing. Now, your brain is like a TV. Coming into that TV at all times, if you imagine the aerial on top of the house, there are signals going into the aerial at all times. But that TV, you can press a button on it, and I'm now watching BBC One. And Penny had a relative who actually had the, uh, an, an early remote control, which was a stick that you used to push the button with, like that. Now, I want to suggest to us this morning that our brains are like this TV. If it helps you think about it in a different way, it's like a car radio. Signals coming in all the time. Now, why don't we do something silly? Can you get your hand like that and stick it on your head? There you go. You've got an aerial on your head. Information's coming in. Which one are you going to listen to? So we're going to do a little test, okay? You can all sit down. That's fine. We need to understand what the, what the voice of the enemy looks like. And we need to understand what the voice of reason looks like. And we need to understand what the voice of God looks like. Okay? So we're going to do a little quiz. I'm going to give you an example I think is pretty obvious, but it's the sort of thing that I've actually experienced myself, okay? I'm not crazy, but it does happen to people. I was driving in the car one day, and the voice in, a voice came into my head, drive your car into the tree. Okay. Now, I know I'm not the only person that's ever had this thought, but I have experienced that. Now, let's think about this logically. Where did that voice come from? Is it reason? Does it make sense to drive into the tree? No. Does my body want to drive into the tree? No. Does God want me to drive into the tree? No. What does that leave? It's the enemy. Okay. It's the enemy. Random thoughts that come in from nowhere. I don't want to drive into the tree. I'm enjoying my life. God's got a purpose in my life. Why would I want to do that? But if he can just randomly get you to do something stupid, he will. Okay. We're going to run a little quiz. I'm going to, I'm going to speak some, some random thoughts out, and I want you to tell me whether you think it's from God 
Can we have the other? If we go on to the next slide, or yeah, let's go into this one. Oh, yeah, I had to get a picture of a cat in there with an aerial on its head. <laughs> right, first, first thought that comes into your brain. <laughs> Just forgive them. Just forgive them. God. Yeah, okay. One day, you're going to fall into that river. The enemy, okay? It's inevitable that you're going to end up a failure. I'm feeling cold. I must have circulation problems. Maybe it's diabetes. Mm, think about it. I'm feeling cold. What bit does that come from? The body? I am, feeling, I am feeling cold, actually. I must have circulation problems. Reason? It's a bit of both. Maybe I've got diabetes. Could be. Could be the enemy. Could be reason. I should give to the poor. Could be God. Could be reason. I should invest my savings in premium bonds. This company. Where's that thought coming from? Reason. Nothing wrong with that. It could be a good idea. Why don't you take that knife and cut yourself with it? Yeah. I'm not in the mood to praise God. Flesh. Flesh. Something catastrophic is going to happen to my kids today. I feel like I've got the flu. I'm going to take a long time to recover from this. <laughs> I didn't say man flu, which is a much more serious condition. <laughs> I should talk to that homeless person. Okay, does that make sense? Has that landed okay? I've used that much more of my time, so I'm going I'm to move on. We need to understand the way that we work as people. God has made us naturally supernatural. We are spiritual beings. You're a spirit being. That means that you are an eternal being. You know that? You have eternal life inside. If you're born again, you have eternal life that is constantly generating like an engine on the inside of you, in your spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says this, May the God of peace himself sanctify you. That means just set you apart. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're created in God's image. God is a spirit. Do you know that? He's a spirit. We're spirits like him. So your spirit is the part of you that's born again. It's the part of you that's eternal. It's, it's the, um, the part of you that's in union with God. Your mind, your soul... I think we can, you can define soul in a couple of ways, but for, for the purpose of this morning, it means your mind, your will, and your emotions. Who has a mind, will, and emotions? We all do, right? But you are a spirit. You have a mind, 
that you can control. You have a will that you can control. And you have emotions that speak to you. And you live in a shell, a body. Some of us have better bodies than others. <laughs> but that's the shell that you live in, right? And it's important to take care of it. Paul says, you know, physical exercise or whatever profits little. It's important. But the more important thing is that we should look after and, and develop our, our, our spirits and our souls. Amen? We need to go to the spiritual gym. This world is so clever at, at, at psychology and how we think. So much effort and research goes into it. This world is so clever at food science and physiology. So clever. And we are so poor and weak and blind when it comes to understanding how we operate as spiritual people. Yeah? I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. If we can flick on to the next slide, please. I'm not going to cover all of these because of time. But I want you to understand that our human spirit is amazing. What God has done in the, on the inside of us is amazing. It's born of God's nature. We actually have the righteousness of God indwelling us. Isn't that incredible? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, Jesus said. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We are a new creation. If anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. All things become new. It's incorruptible. It's made perfect. It lives eternally, as I've said. It's in union with God. You know, your human spirit never detaches its union from God. It's always in union with God. It lives in resurrection power. It has power over sin and death. It has right standing with God. It's holy. It knows all about you. Who's ever felt like, I just don't understand myself? Who's ever felt that? If you think like that, it's coming from the, it's coming from the realm of reason, Okay. Your spirit understands you. It understands what's coming against you in life. It understands the operation of the enemy. It understands what pressures you're under. And, it he and it's hearing from God as to what wisdom it needs to, to overcome. Amen? It knows all about you. What man, for 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11, it says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. The spirit of man will, um, will free you from the, from the flesh and it dictates. We don't have time to go into that today. Your, your human spirit has a language. It speaks in tongues. Did you know that? So the gift of tongues is actually your human spirit speaking. And the great thing about the human spirit is it can be doing something while your brain's doing something else and while your body's doing something else. So I can be talking to you now, thinking about what's next on my PowerPoint slide thing here, while at the same time I'm walking around and at the same time, my human spirit is communicating with God and speaking in tongues and just hearing what God's saying and, and leading, guiding my, my mind. Does that make sense? So it's a separate operation. I can be speaking in tongues on the inside and speaking in English on the outside. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Okay, so I am saved in my spirit. You can never be more saved than you are in your spirit. It's, it's a work that God has done. It's accomplished. You're righteous. But you're being saved in your soul. So your mind, your will, and your emotions are in process of being changed, right? When we come to God and we say, God, I submit to you. I want to become a Christian. He does something on the inner person. He changes our spirit. But he doesn't necessarily change our mind, our will, and our emotions overnight. That change, it takes time to do that. 
And one day we'll, we, we will be saved in our body. We'll get a new body. Some people are happier about that than others. Okay. If, if we can move on, I think. Yeah, I just want to, yeah, just, let's just look at this scripture here. It says, this is in, in Romans. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. So who owns the body? You do. You, you own the body that you live in. That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind belongs to you as well. And that you will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And on the next slide, and this is just something I want to finish up with. The operations of your human spirit. This is something that has been a complete revelation to me as, as, I, as I've... Um, meditated on the word of God. And just to give you a story, this is a kind of sad story, actually. Ten days ago, there was a guy in my office who, who unfortunately, he died. Um, he died of cancer. No one in my... He worked part-time in the office I work in. No one in the office I worked in knew that he was ill. He was, um, he was a guy in his, probably in his mid-50s. Um, no one knew he was ill partly because his line management was somewhere else and he worked part-time in our office and he was always out on, on, on doing stuff. Um, when the news came through 10 days ago that he had died, um, everyone was shocked and didn't expect it. I, I didn't expect it. But when I got the news, something happened on the inside of me, which was this. I knew he was ill. My spirit knew that he was ill. Now, he, he had crutches, and he had... Other, so you could kind of tell he wasn't physically right, okay? I'm not saying it's just about spiritual perception. But no one knew he had cancer. But the, the, the frustration in me and the irritation that I had was, gosh, you know what, Lord? I, I knew that. Why didn't I talk to him? You know, he was busy. I was busy. Everyone's been busy. But I missed, I missed something there. And I missed it because my spirit was alive. My spirit is life, has, has light in it, and it's sensitive to the presence of darkness. And it, it picked that up, but I, it didn't quite register in my brain. So that was a frustration. Anyway, that's the context for some of, the, some of this material today. So firstly, your human spirit is always willing. Who's ever felt like, you know what, I've just lost my motivation. I've lost a willingness to follow God. I've lost my appetite to follow God or... or I'm just not in the mood. Has ever felt like, I'm just not in the mood today? Now, which part of you is, is saying that? It's the flesh or it's the soul. It's not your spirit. Inside of you, there is a willingness to obey God. There's a willingness to, to, to hear God and to do what he's saying. You are always in a willing position in your spirit. Uh, Matthew 26 says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And actually, we have two wills. We have the will of our spirit, and we have the will of our soul, don't we? And those two things aren't always... You can see that in Jesus. Yet not your will, but, you know, net, net, uh, yet not my will, but your will be done. You know, not the will of my soul, but the will of your spirit. Your spirit discerns. It has an ability to, to discern what's going on around you. Your spirit prays. We've already covered that in tongues. Your spirit worships. Who's ever felt like you've been stood up here or in a, in, a, in, a, in a service, and you're in the middle of worship and the Spirit of God comes on you, and you just feel yourself prostrating yourself, lying down inside? Felt that? 
That's your human spirit frustrating itself, worshipping God. And sometimes we just have to physically follow that action. It's because your spirit worships the Lord. It does reverence to God. Your spirit rejoices. Um, And actually, your spirit can rejoice in the midst of awful situations. Do you know that? You know, so you can be in the, I don't know, you can be involved in a a car crash or or something like that, and you can still have peace. You can still rejoice in, in, in a person knowing that there's some other information going on, that God's, God's working this thing to, to the good. Your spirit knows. Now, this is interesting. Your spirit has knowledge of stuff that's going on in your life. It has knowledge of things that are going on around you. And, it, and this isn't necessarily like the, a word of knowledge. Your spirit is joined to the Holy Spirit, which means that he, he gives you information. I'll give you an example. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, was, I, I parked my car at Winchester, um, and, and, and jump on the train to go to work in London. And on this particular day, I parked in the council car park because they were refurbishing the, the normal one. And just as I parked my car, you know, I'm half asleep because it's like quarter to six in the um, quarter to seven in the morning. And um, I just felt the Lord say, or I felt I just knew something, which was there's going to be a homeless guy on the underpass as I walk through to go to platform one. Now, I thought well, that's fine. And then I just felt this, this word, which was, just give the guy some money. Now, immediately, there's reason that comes up, which is, you shouldn't give homeless people money. There are better ways to do that through charities. He's probably going to misuse it, blah, 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 blah. And I just felt God say, just, just listen and obey. That's it. Don't think about it. Just do it. And then, of course, I walked through the underpass, and there was a guy. Sat down, um, and I thought, I don't have any change. God, and, I, and it wasn't like, thus says the Lord, but I just knew, oh, I've got notes in my wallet. So I gave the guy some money. And um, anyway, it, it, you know, the guy talked to me, and you know, he had clear, you know, I looked at him, he had clear eyes, he wasn't high or anything. But that wasn't the point. The point was, I, it was about obeying what God asked me to do. And I had a really good day that day. It wasn't like it was, the two things were connected, but I had a really productive day, I... I um, it was a really enjoyable day. I didn't talk to that guy about getting saved. Maybe I should have done. And maybe I will next time I see him. But for me, it was just... My spirit knew that there was going to be a homeless guy there. I just felt I had to do something, and that was it. I didn't question it too much. Um, so your spirit knows. It knows stuff around you, and it perceives. Um, Mark 2, verse 8. This is speaking about Jesus. When Jesus was, was in, the, in the presence of religious spirits... His spirit, his spirit perceived what was going on. It says, But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? He perceived in his spirit, it was a spiritual operation, that he could tell that there was religious thinking going on. And sometimes we can be in that environment where we don't have a, like a, a word of knowledge, but we just have a perceiving on the inner person that there's something not right. Your spirit witnesses with, with the Spirit of God. There's an agreement on the inside of what God is saying. Your spirit is fervent. Who's ever noticed that when somebody gets saved, in the early days, they're really passionate and really fervent and really um, uh, energetic? Who's noticed that? That energy, that fervency is really just the human spirit shining through in those early days. Um, Romans 12, verse 11, don't be lacking in diligence, but be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. 
Okay. There's some other stuff there. I think we'll leave it for today because I just want to cover this last little bit. If we can move on to the next slide, please, Aaron. That's my kind of burger, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> we need to feed the spirit and not the flesh so that we can walk supernaturally. We are supernatural beings, but if we feed the flesh, if we feed the soul realm and don't feed the spirit, we won't experience that. We become dull. Who's ever eaten lots and lots of food and felt a little bit dull? Like your senses are a bit dulled. Now, actually, a genuine point. Who's ever done a fast? Who's ever done a reasonably long fast? Like, I mean, like more than a day. One thing you'll notice if you ever do that, you start to become alert to stuff that you're not otherwise alert to. Your senses become more alert. Um, and actually, spiritually, you become more alert as well. Because, it, because food dulls us. It's one of those things that happen. So the point I want to make here is we need to feed the spirit and not the flesh. And we grow. It's really straightforward how we grow. We grow by meditating the word of God. We grow by, by, by speaking in tongues and by praying. And by avoiding distractions, which is increasingly difficult in this world, isn't it? It's increasingly difficult. Let me just read to you a quote from... Um, I, I've been reading that book... Um, that we heard about this morning, and it's been a real blessing to me. One of the things I learned from it was this quote here from, from John Piper, if we go on to the next slide. Um, okay, and he says this, If all other variables are equal, your capacity to know God deeply will probably diminish in direct proportion to how much television you watch. This is also true, not just television, but, you know, Facebook or anything else. There are several reasons for this. One is that television reflects American culture or UK culture at its, at, at its most trivial. And a steady diet of triviality shrinks the soul. It's interesting, isn't it? You get used to it. It starts to seem normal. Silly becomes funny and funny becomes pleasing. And pleasing becomes soul satisfaction. In the end, the soul that is made for God has shrunk to fit snugly around triteness. What a brilliant quote says it much better than I can. We feed our souls the wrong stuff sometimes, listening to the wrong music, watching the wrong programs. Now, all things in moderation, right? I'm not saying we shouldn't watch TV, and I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to music, but what I'm saying is we should be feeding the Spirit. We should be feeding the Spirit. And then we can experience the supernatural, amen? Last two points, then we'll finish. And I've run out of time, but I want to just cover two things real quick. For us to experience um, the supernatural and walk naturally supernatural, we need faith. Lots you can say about faith, but we need faith. Um, we need to accept with confidence the reality of God and take steps to, to, to experience it. Um, and we need faith all the time. You know, it's a bit like an aeroplane. Can you imagine an aeroplane that isn't fully fueled? It's going to be catastrophic, right? We, the aeroplane needs fuel all the time. We need faith all the time um, to... to to experience the power of God in our lives. Faith is only alive if it's exercised. You know, we grow by doing stuff and experiencing the life of God. Um, loads of more stuff I could say there, but let's, let's flick on the last one then, compassion. This is just something I'm really uh, learning, I suppose. Who's ever walked past somebody in the street? Like a, um, I experienced this when I was a kid a lot, actually. Walking past a blind person or somebody with a disability, and they probably don't want your pity, right? But in, inside of me, when I was a kid, I remember being really moved and being upset about it and not understanding it. 
And I think some of that, that is a spiritual compassion that can unlock the, spirit, the supernatural. So let's be moved by compassion. Everywhere Jesus went, he did what? He cast out demons and he healed the sick. And it says of Jesus that he was moved with compassion. And I think if we're moved with compassion, that unlocks the supernatural. If you're moved by something, emotion's okay. There's nothing wrong with emotion. Let it move you to obey God. Amen? It's the key to unlocking the real you. I, I do believe that. Moving, walking in compassion. And last slide, I think. Or second to last slide. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. A bit, um, James 1.22 says, let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay? Uh, if anyone's a hearer only and not a doer, they're like a man that looks at himself in the mirror and then forgets what he looks like. So let's just do it. I should have just listened to what my spirit was telling me about that guy in my office and spent some time with him. Let's just do it. Let's reach out. If God tells us to do something, let's hear what he's saying. Let's love people. Let's, let's, be, let's be connected to the source. So I've finished what I wanted to say. If we can put that last, the last slide on, please, Aaron. There's lots of information on this slide. I've just been thinking about some of the things that, for what it means for me to, to be naturally supernatural and trying to just capture some of the things we've heard from Sim and from, and from Dick and from Neil. And if I can invite the, the worship team to come back up, just, just as we're looking at this. Um, there's a whole load of stuff that it means to be naturally supernatural. And maybe throughout the course of this series, God's been speaking to you about particular things. Maybe... For you, it's really just about loving people and taking an interest, because that will open the door for the supernatural. Maybe it's a simple thing like just smiling at people and just being, expressing God's peace. Maybe it's believing God for direction. Maybe it's being connected to God and being the, the hose, not the bucket. Um, maybe it's all about di ditching distractions. Maybe that's something that God's been highlighting in your life. Or maybe there's something there about overcoming fear or, or rejection. <coughs> or giving up control. It's another key to unlocking the supernatural in our own lives. So if God's speaking to you about any of these things here, I, I just encourage you, we have an opportunity as the worship band are going to play through just to let God minister to you. I'm really happy to pray with you and I'm sure others here at the front um, I'm happy to pray for you with a, with a um, prayer team. So just have a look at those words on the, on the screen here and just see if any of those, if God's speaking to you about any of these things. Maybe for you it's about putting some time into the spiritual gym. You know, you just recognize that I've let my soul and my body being, be too dominant in my life. Maybe it, it's about just being bold, just stepping out and having the confidence to ignore what your body says, ignore what your mind says, and just hear what God says. And talk to a stranger. God's able to do it, amen? He's able to, he's able to bring real transformation in our lives. And um, I think just as we worship God now, let's just hear what he's saying. For, for, and it may be that what God's saying to you isn't any of those boxes, it's just something else. I just encourage you to hear what God's saying to you. 
And as we step out, as we understand that we are a spiritual being, that God has transformed our lives on the inside, victory in life comes from the inside out, doesn't it? It comes from the Holy Spirit to me and my spirit to my mind to my body and to actions and then stuff that impacts people's lives. Amen? So let's hear what God's saying and let's worship him. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.